life. It is a double-edged sword. It's powerful. And Lord, we love the word. And Lord, I, I just pray over the word that tonight as we get into this, Lord, I pray your precious Holy Spirit anoint this time and speak through me. Everything needs to be spoken. But even now that the Holy Spirit is going to breathe upon this, move upon every one of us that are going to be watching and listening to this. And, and Lord, that the Holy Spirit will help us right now to get locked in. I mean, we get our best ear, our full attention, our focus. Lord, I pray by the Holy Spirit to anoint our eyes and ears, to have eyes and ears of the Spirit and good fertile soil of hearts and minds. And Lord, that you would speak through me the word of life and be like living seeds sown into good soil, watered by the Holy Spirit, take root, grow, and produce a hundredfold harvest of eternal fruit that remains until Jesus comes. And let there be the washing of the water of the word. Let there be the winds of the Spirit carry this where it needs to go. Let it be anointed. Let it be powerful. That everything will be said that needs to be said. And let there be that anointing, that, that empowerment in the Word of God tonight. And Lord, I also pray, the Bible says the birds of the air try to steal the seed. So Lord, we take authority as a church and we bind up anything of the enemy right now in the name of Jesus that would try to hinder, oppress, distract, or come against this Word in any way. We bind you now in the name of Jesus. You will back off. And Lord, I pray that the winds of your spirit, let this just blow out everywhere it needs to go among the nations. And we stand on the promise, your word will not return void, but go forth and accomplish that which you sent it forth to do. And so Lord, we thank you for hearing and answering these prayers tonight, meeting every need. We expect it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I'm going to get into the word tonight. This is not an extremely long sermon, but it is an extremely powerful, life-changing um, information that i'm going to be bringing tonight so please give me your best ear your full attention your focus tonight to really get this information because you need it this what i'm going to be preaching on tonight came out of times where my wife and i have you know been through different realms of spiritual warfare in the past and this was something that God had to teach us. At one time, I would say it's kind of like a little bit of survival. But God really had to take us deeper in him in this area. And so what I'm going to deal with tonight is, is going to be pretty different um, in the way of a sermon. Really a different information than probably anything you've heard before. Um, but anyway, let me just kind of dive into where I'm going with this. But how many of you guys have ever been through spiritual warfare? How many of you guys have really ever felt something really oppressive come against you? And you know what I'm talking about. It's hard to think straight, hard to pray. It was heavy, maybe attacked you physically if it didn't feel good. Um, we've all been through some realms of spiritual warfare before. And this is where I'm coming from because <clears throat> a lot of spiritual warfare tries to come during the nighttime because you're asleep and the enemy knows that that's a key time to try to release things because your your defenses are somewhat down a little bit because you're asleep and so anyway that's where i'm coming from with this because during those times my wife and i used to years ago really go through some battles especially in the night and so god began to take us into a journey of how do we overcome in this realm so i began to understand there's a principle about the evening and the morning sacrifice which i've taught a lot on that but just briefly let me just say this for those that maybe are not familiar with this 
It's called Korban Tamid in Hebrew, but it was the eternal sacrifice. So what happened was this. Many times you would read in the New Testament where it would be said around the time of the morning sacrifice, this would happen. Or around the time of the evening sacrifice, this would happen. I may remember reading that in the Bible. And the reason for that was because the concept that Israel believed that God placed his presence there at the temple, which he did. And it was believed that that was like a portal to heaven where the prayers of God would go up. So every morning around 9 a.m. and every evening around 3, the priest, this is really important that you get this, the priest, whoever it was that was going to be overseeing this, the high priest of that time, he would come in and he would have to kill a lamb and this was every morning and every evening so there was a lamb that died every day every morning and then another lamb every evening and it was in between these two lambs was when all the other offerings came they couldn't just bring them any time they had to come during this time okay so the way that everything began was at nine with this morning sacrifice and the way everything ended was in the evening and it was like all the offerings sandwiched in between the lamb. Does this make sense? The blood of the lamb. So just briefly, the priest would come in the morning. And after somebody emptied the ashes and got everything ready, he would, he would sacrifice the lamb. And the blood of the lamb was applied. Everybody say the blood of the lamb. Now, I think everybody's familiar with Passover. We're coming into Passover really soon. But the blood of the Passover lamb came over the doorpost of that family and the whole family was protected under that blood. Okay? So the, the principle here is, the pattern is, everybody say the pattern. The pattern is every morning and every evening, twice a day, the blood was applied. And God began to show me that because... It wasn't enough just in the morning. I needed to cover my nighttime in the blood. I needed my family and my property to be brought under the blood of the Passover lamb. And so when the death angel walked through Egypt and wanted to bring death and destruction, the death angel had to pass over anywhere the blood of the lamb had been applied. He could not bring death or destruction. That dark death angel could walk right into another home where the blood wasn't applied and bring death but when he walked up to the property of where the blood was applied he had to stop and respect that blood and he could not enter and so every morning and every evening the priest would shed the blood of that that lamb and also this is also equally important every morning and every evening both times he would offer up a grain offering. So you had unleavened bread and you had wine that he would pour out. It was a wine libation and he would take the grain offering, the unleavened bread and burn it on the bronze altar. That's a picture and type of communion. So when the Bible says as often as you desire, it means as often as you desire. You see what I'm saying? There's no confusion about this. And so don't, don't, allow people that kind of have a religious traditions of men tell you it needs to be a certain way 
Communion is available as often as we need it and as often as we desire. Smith Wigglesworth took communion every single day. The pattern here was every morning and every evening, there was a pattern of the matzah and the fruit of the vine and the blood being applied. So in my opinion, the pattern is that you could take communion morning and evening if you want to. You obviously don't have to. But nonetheless, the blood needs to be applied. So I'm going somewhere with this because of your nighttime. Many people have told me when they've come under warfare that they've noticed it in the night. That's really common. So also when this priest every day in the morning and the evening, this happened both times after he would shed the blood of the lamb and it was a picture and type then of the communion table, he would go into the holy place and you know he would trim the wick of the menorah and make sure it's all burning he could eat of the the table of showbread and drink of the fruit of the vine if he wanted but he went in to burn incense and so every evening and every morning there he was he took a hot coal from outside put it there but he would burn that incense and it would fill that place now we know this but the incense speaks of our praise our worship our prayer and intercession David said in Psalms that the lifting of my hands be like an incense. He has to do with worship. And the book of Revelation, the golden bowls came before God's throne that had incense in them and it was the prayers of the saints, remember? So this is the pattern. And so every evening and every morning, there's a pattern of there being worship and prayer. Is everybody following me? And the, what, what was believed was this, that God had deposited his presence there at the temple. There was like an open heaven. And, these, and when the priest went in and he would burn this incense, that incense would go up. And it was believed. Why, do you remember how Daniel used to turn toward the temple? Even in Babylon, he would face the temple. All over Israel, people were doing that because they knew around the time of the morning and the evening sacrifice they knew what was going on and so people would face the direction of the temple and they would pray and here's what was believed it was believed that all of their prayers around the nation would come in and would intermingle in this incense and would go right up to god isn't that interesting that's an Old Testament pattern for something that I believe is very real for us today. I believe when we come together here in Christ and we unify and worship in prayer like we do in River of Life, I believe that River of Life, we've got an open heaven. And I believe when we come together and we worship and pray like we do, it's like an incense that's going right up through that open heaven to God's throne. So the pattern is still the same today it's just now we have the fullness and the reality in Christ because we're all priests and so God began to teach me about all of this and I began to understand the importance that I needed to begin my nighttime by coming under the blood and I felt that I needed to take the communion table and I needed to bring my family and my property under the blood I would spend some time with worship and prayer. My wife and I pray together at night. And that was the incense of worship and prayer right there. 
And I knew that it was important that we did this because we were bringing our property and our lives under the blood. And because we were praying together, the glory of the Lord began to come in really strong. And also we would speak blessings over each other. And that's very important. Because just here recently in the Bible study, it might have been last week, it talked about Moses and Aaron went in and they came out and Aaron spoke that blessing over the people. And then the fire of God fell on the altar. So speaking blessings is connected to revival. It's connected to the glory, the fire falling. And so my wife and I, we we would speak blessings over each other, pray together. And it was a really powerful thing. And it still is because we still do this every night. But we would come under that blood. And so let let me show you a few things. Also... Something I felt the Lord lead me to do was I would always place something on our computer like revival, just revival services and things that were real powerful where the glory of God would come in. And I said, Lord, let that glory come in here in a greater measure. And God's been doing that now for many years. But the Bible says that the glory of the Lord is a defense. In Isaiah, I believe it's chapter 4. But it said the Lord would purge the bloodstains from Jerusalem. And then he would place the glory like a canopy of defense over the people. And how many of you guys knows that we're living in the end times. And there's, there's just something going on in this wicked world. There, there's, uh, there's strange, bizarre things. There's a lot of confusion. And there's amped up warfare against the purposes of God. And you can see that Satan is trying everything he can to try to push things down an agenda, a certain agenda, um, not the least of which, and probably the most significant, actually, is the one world government. You see globalism. That's what our president's coming up against. It's an antichrist spirit. And the Bible says before Jesus comes that there's going to be a rise of an actual antichrist. He'll be a political figure but it's going to be like a globalized thing. He's going to unite the world under his authority. And things are trying to move that way. I'm just showing you that there's amped up warfare. And in the days that we're living, God is wanting to increase his glory in our midst. And the Bible says in Isaiah, I believe it's chapter 60, but you can easily look it up. But it says in Isaiah that thick darkness some translation says gross darkness, but, but it implies like a deep, thick darkness will cover the earth. But, the Lord said, but among my people, the glory of the Lord would arise and shine upon them. And what, what you're going to see is, you're going to see like this thick darkness increase in the earth. And the people that are the heathen, those that don't know God, they're, they're going to continue to grope in even greater realms of darkness than they are now. Confusion. Deep darkness. um, End time level of serious depravity. Um, That's what you're seeing with with people being so comfortable with murdering babies and and defending it like they are. It's it's an end time perversion and and deep wickedness that people feel comfortable with that they love it 
and your sexual perversions, things the Bible says is very out of order, very dark, evil, even, even to the degree now where there's nuances of, of people being okay with pedophilia. I mean, it's, it's a deep, thick darkness sexually coming into the earth. The rise of witchcraft and the occult like never before. And Satanism, military, op, militant, open Satanism. Dark, thick darkness coming on the earth. While that's increasing, God is saying, but among my people, I want to deposit my glory in a much greater measure than ever before. And he's saying that that glory will protect us from the deep darkness of the world. And just like during the daytime, we all know this, but it's not like the stars cease existing. But the darker it gets, the brighter the stars seem to shine. Do you see what I'm saying? And so what's going to happen is as the world gets darker, the body of Christ, the true people of God, not everybody that calls themselves a Christian, but the true people of God, the glory is going to shine brighter and brighter than ever before. And there's going to be people that are in thick darkness that are going to begin to look for answers. And they're going to be drawn to the brightness of the glory of the Lord among his true people. And I believe that's what we're starting to feel in River of Life even more as the glory of the Lord just keeps thickening. Just keeps deepening and thickening. And God, as he's increasing his glory, and we're going deeper in the glory, I believe that this is the same glory that's going to protect us from the elements of these last days. It's the glory of the Lord that's also going to help keep us healthy and bring restoration. Are you hearing me? It's the glory of the Lord that's going to cause financial prosperity even in difficult times. And great protection. So I say all that because the glory can be in your home and it needs to be in your home. You can play these services. We record them especially the worship time and as we take communion speak a blessing and we have worship the glory that's here tonight gets on these recordings and you can play them into your home i remember there was a time that um i remember back whenever it was zach and wendy but they had they had first had judah or something but anyway for a short time they they had to kind of live stream things and i remember we went there for something but as I went in, I felt the glory from church in the home. And I was saying, you guys have been live streaming. He goes, oh yeah, we have. You know, we've been really entering in like we're there. But see, the glory of God was coming right through that into that home, see. So this is what God led me to do. And as, as, we've, as my wife and I, as we've come under the blood, and as we've offered up the incense of worship and prayer, the glory of God has begun to move in and what's happened is, is that spiritual warfare has diminished tremendously because the, the enemy may walk down our street and there may be homes that he can just walk in and out of but he, well, when he gets to my house he has to say, oh wait a second, the blood of the Passover lamb Jesus the Christ is over this property. And I can't just do whatever I want to do. All right, so let me give you a few things about this. I actually want to start with 1 Samuel chapter 3, 
which is the third down in your notes but it says now the boy samuel was ministering to the lord before eli so in a nutshell eli was the high priest of israel the temple the tabernacle was in shiloh so the nation of israel was coming here his his two sons hophni and phineas were a couple heathen but god blessed eli with samuel who became like his adopted son like a spiritual son and eli was teaching samuel how to minister so here's what samuel's learning every morning and every evening eli is helping samuel apply the blood of the lamb offer the grain the wine libation picture and type of communion and then samuel will go in and minister before the lord in the holy place he would have to trim the manure cut the old burnt wicks off make sure the wicks were good fill the oil make sure all of them were lit he could eat of the table of showbread if he was hungry but samuel was going in to take that hot coal from outside and he was burning the incense and that incense would fill the place and so I want you to understand what, what little Samuel's doing every day. Now, I don't know how old he is. This translation says a boy. Um, some people believe he was over 30 when this happened. We don't really know. The Bible doesn't say. But he was probably young. Anyway, the word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were infrequent. It happened at that time as Eli was lying down in his place. His eyesight had begun to grow dim and he could not see well. And the lamp of God had not gone out yet. So remember, Samuel went in. What did he do? He trimmed the wick so the menorah was, was you know, shining in there. So the menorah was still burning bright. And Samuel laid down in the, it was the tabernacle. This is a mistranslation. He laid down in the tabernacle where the ark was. Now I don't, I mean, that's all it says. So did he kind of, scoot into the holy of holies and snuggle up by the ark we don't know i know god made provision for things sometimes that like david's men ate the consecrated bread things like that but most likely what he did was after he burned the incense he would just lay up against that veil and scoot in as close to the ark as he could and think about it he had already applied the blood that beautiful menorah was lit he had already burned the incense so the fragrance that beautiful fragrance is in there and samuel just didn't want to leave y'all ever been in the presence of the lord and you just didn't want to leave there's a really really good song david crowder how many of you guys like david crowder i love his music man he's so creative and anointed but one of his songs says i don't want to move <laughs> how many ever been there i have man you're like in the glory it's like i don't want to move I got to go do something right now but man I don't want to move that's what he's talking about but Samuel just did not want to leave so here's what happened man you know Eli here's the tabernacle Eli built him a little place next to the holy place that he would sleep there as the high priest but Samuel it seems like he began to sleep close to the ark isn't it interesting that Samuel became one of the most incredible prophets of God in the whole Old Testament? You ought to read about this man. He was an amazing man of God. You know where all of it was birthed? 
when he was laying by that ark. He was a man of the presence of God. He wanted to stay in God's presence and linger. He didn't have to stay. You understand, his duties were done. He could have just left, but he said, I'm not going anywhere. And he just laid down. It seems to me like that maybe that became where he slept at night. But anyway, it went on to say that God spoke to Samuel there. And Samuel began to hear the voice of the Lord and began to know the voice of the Lord. At first, he thought it was Eli, an authority figure. See, he heard a male authority voice. He thought it was Eli because that had always been like his dad, you know. And so he ran to Eli and said, you called to me. And Eli said, I didn't. Anyway, Eli quickly figured out, man, next time that voice speaks, you say, here I am, Lord, speak to me, you know, because he knew God speaking this boy. Y'all following me in this? So I, I began to read this story and I began to get inspired. And I began to think to myself, well, if Samuel living in Old Testament times could sleep in the glory, I can too. Because I live on the other side of the cross. He just had the blood of, a, of an actual lamb. I have the blood of Jesus. If he could sleep in the glory, I can sleep in the glory. And so this inspired me to begin to pursue having the glory of God in my nighttime as well. Not just during the day, but that the glory would be there at night to cover us like a blanket and protect us. But also in the realm of the glory of God, there's healing. Um, in the glory, there's revelation. And I notice that we begin to get really powerful prophetic dreams. And... Um, Man, I tell you what, River of Life, I get frequently people tell me really powerful visions and dreams, and they're scary accurate. And my wife is one of them. When she has a dream, or my daughter too, when they have a dream, I take it very seriously because it usually happens exactly like they saw it. I mean, it's, it's kind of scary. But you know why that is? Because we're sleeping in the glory. And God gives revelation knowledge. So now let's go back up and look at Job 33:15. In a dream, a vision of the night when sound sleep falls on men while they slumber in their beds. So God wants to give visions of the night. Did you know that, I, I don't remember the exact statistic, but John Paul Jackson does a lot of teaching on dreams and visions and things like that. But he was saying the average person through the course of their life is asleep so many hours a night and then he did the math and figured out that it's many years of your life is spent sleeping. I don't remember exactly what he figured, but it kind of shocked me when he said it. And his point was that your nighttime could be productive. And so that always stayed with me because I thought to myself, you know, even though I'm asleep, this could be a productive thing because God can give me revelation. And God's bypassing my humanity here he's bypassing the flesh he's bypassing any any of our human pride or or any of our way of thinking our carnal way of thinking we all have he's shooting past all that and he's just giving you revelation as you sleep and not only that but i begin to think about now wait a second you know we get prayer at church 
and people people really get hit by the power and people are in God's presence and I've heard people tell me different things you know the glory was thick I, I felt like I was melting in the carpet or some people say I felt like there was a river flowing over me and I got to thinking I was like you know we're at church we get prayer and ministry and here we are soaking in the glory at church why can't we have this at home in our beds at night the same as at church the only reason why we don't what does the Bible say we have not because we ask not and what did Jesus say he said ask that your joy be made complete in the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy so I started putting a few scriptures together and I began to think to myself there's no reason why I can't sleep in the glory and so I began to ask the Lord about that and the glory of God began to come in and deepen But this is a time in the night when God can really speak to you and give you powerful dreams and visions. But for him to give them to you, that means, though, that you need to document them and you need to pray about them. Because, you know, you may go a year later. I remember Rick Joyner said this one time. He said, well, he said, the Lord hadn't given me a vision in a long time. So I went to the Lord and said, why have you not given me any? And the Lord said, well, I gave you one. I forget, it's like a year ago. So I gave you one and you never wrote it down or did anything with it. So why would I give you the next one? And he was like, oh man. So he went back and apologized to God and he started really documenting these things. And I remember when he shared that, I thought, you know, it's so true, isn't it? So I began to really try to document what God speaks to us in the night. You remember Matthew 2.13. Everybody knows the Christmas story. So Jesus is born the the wise men come you remember herod was jealous and worried about that and so he was going to send his military to kill all the children and it says here in matthew 2 13 now when they had gone this talking about the wise men i believe um an angel of the lord appeared to joseph in a dream when did the angel appear in a dream everybody follow me the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to destroy him. So Joseph, in the nighttime, gets revelation that literally saved the life here. So dreams and visions of the night are significant. I don't have time to rabbit trail on dreams and visions, but dreams are usually more symbolic. Visions are usually more what you see is actually just simply what is happening. It's, it's more direct. But dreams and visions are very powerful. And I believe in the days that we're coming into that as I mentioned, we're here we are in the end times and there's so much going on. And I told you guys at the beginning of this series that I felt that the devil's been trying to do certain things and when that stops working, he may try new tactics. So I'm trying to tell people that this is something my wife and I had to learn. At one time, it was kind of like outer survival mode. You know, how do we stop this warfare that's been so intense, especially in the night? And let me tell you that this, what I'm telling you, took care of it. About 99%, very seldom. Every once in a while we've had a little bit of something, but 
but this wiped it out for the most part so again let me close out with this communion applying the blood the incense here's something interesting i've said this several times but just to recap on the day of atonement when the high priest went into the holy of holies what took him into the holy of holies remember he had to take a censer of incense put it in there and then he had to come with blood and he would sprinkle the blood so the two things that took the priest into the glory was the blood and incense the same pattern is true today why do you think it is at church we take time this is what god led me to do but we take time at the beginning of service to take communion together and as we take communion what are we doing we're coming under the blood we're making sure we forgive people confess and repent of anything kind of clear the air but all of us collectively are coming under the blood then what do we do praise and worship prayer and intercession that's the incense and then what happens the glory we go right into the glory you see what i'm saying so the same pattern can be in your life the same as it is at church if you'll take time to come through the blood and reverence the blood and then you'll offer up the incense of worship and prayer you'll begin to move into the glory of the lord and the glory is an atmosphere see the holy spirit he comes he's a person and when the holy spirit comes he can bring in the glory and the glory is like an atmosphere that can dwell and let me just say something as the holy spirit is prompting me here whenever you're going to have somebody come visit your house and they're going to stay in a guest room you can kind of clean everything up real quick and like shove it all in a closet i'm talking about it's all piled up real good and you kind of wedge the door shut and you know and you can just kind of make it work for a quick visit right y'all know but it's an entirely different ball game when somebody's going to come live there you're going to have to make adjustments in a lot of different ways there there's a lot of churches out there and i grew up in spirit-filled churches that there's times that they will have a little visitation y'all know what i'm saying they'll have a good service and at those times people get convicted and they may kind of shove everything in the closet you know just kind of get stuff cleared out for today and the lord comes here and there in little visitations but it's an entirely different ball game when a church is saying lord but we want you to stay here we want you just to dwell here because there's not going to be sweeping any, anything under the rug anymore there's not going to be hiding stuff in a closet you're, you're going to have to really make room and adjust everything to accommodate him uh, you know dwelling there so the nighttime is a time where you can be in the glory there can be powerful revelation knowledge great protection powerful insight <clears throat> and let me close with this the ministry of holy angels 
Hebrews 1.14 says, Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to render service for the sake of those who inherit salvation? And that can read, they're ministering spirits sent to minister unto us as heirs of salvation. So they're sent to minister to you and I. Did you know that after Jesus faced the devil in the wilderness, that the Bible says that angels came to minister to him? Did y'all know that? Well, I've said this many times before, but don't you think it stands to reason that if Jesus needed the ministry of angels, that maybe we do? And the Bible says the angels hearken to the word of the Lord. And so when you quote scripture and you claim out loud the promises of God, it's like they begin to be active to make those things happen. i tell you what we need to do. All of us need this. We need to stop the grumbling and complaining. We need to stop the things that are empowering demons against us. We need to stop the gossiping. We need to stop all the word curses that, that people are speaking over themselves. They'll have a pity party and they're just speaking all this negative about themselves, about their finances, about all these things. They don't realize that they're empowering the demonic realm against their own self and against whatever it is they're speaking against. I tell you what we need to do is we need to stop speaking death and we need to start speaking life. And listen, when we start speaking the word of God out loud over situations, the demonic realm is shrinking back and the angels are hearing that and they're saying, well, they just said this, now let's make it happen. And they begin to be active. I'll tell you something else. In a church where the word of God, where people, let me, let me say it this way. The devil has a very difficult time trafficking in a church where the pastor is speaking a blessing over the people and the people are blessing the pastor and they're blessing each other and they're watching what they say. They're not going to gossip and be little devils. They're not going to do that. But they speak the, the word of God and they speak blessings. The devil has a very difficult time trafficking in that. But where... There's a bunch of gossip and word curses and negative stuff. The demonic realm is just trafficking all through that. So this is what I wanted to end with is just the ministry of holy angels. So the angels of the Lord, Jesus said to Nathaniel, he said, you're going to see the heavens open and angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Remember that in John? Jacob laid down to go to sleep at Bethel and his grandfather Abraham had been through there and built an altar at one time in that general region and so this was a place where there was an open heaven and Jacob didn't even know it but Jacob went there and he laid down and he had a dream and what did he see? Angels ascending and descending into that place so what angels will do is they will ascend and they'll go up into the third heaven and they will begin to bring what we need down to this realm and the way that that many times works is this we're going to have a powerful service 
And the angels will ascend and descend and they will bring into that church service like a glory fire from the throne and release it in here. And what people don't see many, and I don't believe most of the time that, that anybody sees this, but you got to understand what we're going through an anointing and praying over people. It's not just my wife and I laying hands on you. But the angels of the Lord have ascended and descended and they're here laying hands on you too. You just don't know it. And many times I can just see where people are out under the power and the angels are kind of knelt down praying over them. They can ascend and descend and bring all kinds of healings and miracles into a service. Also in the realm of deliverance, I believe that angels are very important because you take authority over the enemy, the enemy's stubborn until the angel of the Lord begins to unsheath his sword and step toward him. Then all of a sudden he's a lot more cooperative. But the angels walk through here and they, they help so much with all that's going on. And I remember this man had a funny encounter in Toronto where he, he said, man, it surprised him more than anybody, more than anybody he's told. He said he was standing there at the Toronto Revival and everything and he looked over and there was this big angel standing right there. And he said that angel was there obviously on assignment and that angel could not care less about that man. <laughs> but he said he was, he was scared. And you know how people just say things. He's like, well, who are you and what are you doing here? You know, and the angel just kind of looked at him and just like, seriously, and just focused on what he's doing. And the guy, said, the guy said something to the effect of, well, what are you doing here? And the angel said this to him. He said, I'm an angel of the presence of the Lord. And then he went back on assignment. He's an angel that would ascend and descend. Let me, let me tell you what these angels do. They ascend up and they help clear the heavens and keep them open. Are you hearing me? They're ascending and descending. They're helping to purge the skies over us and keep it open. They ascend up into third heaven and they bring the presence of God into this realm. And they walk through here like on fire. The Bible says that they're flames of fire. But anyway, that's what's going on. And so, there's a bunch of other stories I could tell, but just to say this, though, that angels are on assignment also in your home. Pray about it. They want, God wants his angels to be around your property. He wants his angels to be around your bed at night. They don't sleep. They're guardians. And they can ascend and descend. And while you're sleeping, they can be praying over you. They can bring a fire from the throne and release it into your home. And what did it say in Matthew 2.13? Boy, there's a lot of scriptures I could draw from about angels in the Bible. It's not like an obscure you know, um, concept or anything. It's all through the word. But Matthew 2.13, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. So read that again. Who, what appeared? the angel of the Lord and told Joseph in a dream to take Jesus and go to Egypt so anyway is this helping anybody tonight I'll just say this as I close but my plan is that when the enemy tries to go to my house he's going to have a really hard time because the blood is applied there's angels around that property the glory of the Lord is tabernacled there. And we're not fighting and cursing one another. We're blessing one another. 
And when the devil tries to come in, he's got a lot of things he's coming up against to try to get into that property and mess with us. Right, so, Lord, I thank you for this word tonight. I pray that it'll, it'll bear fruit. And, Lord, I just pray that it would inspire people like it did me when you taught me this. Just stir up people to be hungry that their home can be a place of the glory. Their nighttime can be a time of sleeping in the glory. And, Lord, also their property can be under surveillance of holy angels that are going to protect them and minister unto them as they need it. So, Lord, we thank you for hearing and answering every prayer tonight, meeting every need, and just seal this. And, Lord, let this go out and accomplish that which you sent it forth to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right.